Kev preach with Rashad. We are the prophets here with another episode, another sermon. Uh, man, Rashad, what's up? What's going on? Damn much, man. I feel like it's been a long time. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, we, we got a pretty good show for you. Uh, we can go right into it, bro. Um, kind of shocking, but not really at the same time. And that's Ron Rivera getting getting fired by the Carolina Panthers. At five and seven, I think they're on a four-game losing streak, uh, so they had their chance to, you know, play for the wild card. Even had the division at one point, uh, but I mean, you it was on Kyle Allen the whole season because Cam was hurt, and it really just kind of spiraled out of control a little bit. And if it wasn't for McCaffrey, this team probably would be two and you know two and ten, two and eleven right now. Yeah, unfortunately for Ron new owner, so that guy wants to put his stamp on the team. And Ron had signed a two-year extension, I think, back in January of 2018. So even if he wasn't fired this season, he'd have been going into a lame duck season next year anyway. So, you know, why not just go ahead, move on, start your coaching search, kind of get in someone that aligns with what you want. Because Rivera's not his guy. He didn't pick Rivera, so it's natural when what is corporate or what is the corporate world, wherever you go, whenever there's a leadership change, normally that, that person wants to bring in their own people and align their values and their time frame together. Yeah, and I think that really was the biggest thing is if I'm if I own something, if I'm gonna go down swinging, I go down on my accord, you know, instead of somebody else's. But you know, this this one is not the end of Ron Rivera. Um I mean, you could say he probably could have waited to, wait it to the end. Um, no, you know, no, you can't. I mean, when you lose to the Redskins, <laughs> that's 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 a fireball offense. <laughs> hey, now for hey for real, because when I saw it, I thought about. it. I was like, man, they did lose to the Redskins. Because <laughs> look, every other week, as long as they were competing, winning games, or whatever the case may be, he was not on the block to be fired. But as soon as that that Redskins loss hit. It was like, all right, this is, we have hit rock bottom. This is an inexcusable loss. And, you know, if you really just look at their schedule and some of their games, I won't even say that they were having a bad season. Like, Rivera could have been in that same boat as Mike Tomlin, if you were to think about it. But the thing is, they lost some close games, and that's the difference between being 7-5 and five to being 5-7. and seven. Because look at the first game against the Rams. They could have won that game. Uh, the Tampa Bay game, they could have won that game, and they also could have beat um, Green Bay because they were they were I think they were driving on Green Bay, and they had a close game with the Saints too. So they had they had some games where they could have won those, and it would sway you over to an eight and four or seven and five as opposed to being five and seven. And we we're having we're not even having this conversation because he would still be employed by the Carolina Panthers as long as he kept winning. But you can't lose to the Redskins; that's just inexcusable. Yeah, and what's funny is I I had the Panthers. As a wild card for me to you know to start the season off, and it was more predicated around okay I you know because we, we talked about this before how 
the defensive minded head coach with a good quarterback works. You know, the, that's why they went to the Super Bowl when, uh, way back when, when it was 15 and 1, because as Ron Rivera had that defense as one of the best defenses in the league, Cam was also having an MVP season. We've seen the same thing before with the Steelers and Mike Tomlin and Big Ben. We see it right now with Pete Carroll and uh, Russell Wilson. And we always seen it with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. So it's not like that success, you know, that that wasn't going to work. And, and that's why I, I had him as a wild card because I was thinking if Cam gets back to just being a top 15 quarterback, he could be number 15 exactly. With the Panthers' defense going to be above average, then, okay, they can win some games. Uh, you know, maybe the Saints come regress a little bit. Maybe maybe Atlanta, which they didn't pan out to be, maybe the Atlanta doesn't get to where they have to be a Tampa Bay. They have a chance to win the division. If not, they can still slide in as a wild card, even though how great the NFC has been. I mean, they like I said, they lost the last four games. If you flip those, you took, you're talking about Carolina in a, as a wild card right now. So um, it, it, it it did go south really quickly, and Rivera would have been in that same boat as Mike Tomlin, but here, here we are. And <laughs> lose the Redskins, you out. Yeah, that's just unacceptable. But I have a different look at it as far as like talking about Cam and everything, the Panthers, as long as they had, it's just my own philosophy, but as long as they had what's considered one of the top two quarterbacks in their division and one of the top two coaches in their division, that's how, that's what leads to winning situations because you look at when, you know, Rivera first got the job in 2011, you know, they went from a two-win team. That's how they, you know, getting Cam Newton, they only won two games. They got the top pick, got Cam, they improved the six wins. And then, you know, the year after that, you know, Cam's still learning and growing. And it's Rivera's first job, so he's still learning and growing as well. But then that third year, as both kind of started to progress and get better, they started to hit their stride. They won 12 games. So they were improving up, up, up six wins, seven wins. Then they got to 12. And when they got to the 12, that's because they had what was considered in their division, the top, one of the top two coaches and top two quarterbacks because the Falcons – and the Bucks, they were terrible in 2013. But Carolina won a division. They were the two seed. Saints won 11 games. And the Saints were just coming off of their run of being, you know, pretty bad with some 79 seasons. So I think as long as you have one of the top two quarterbacks and one of the top two coaches, which Carolina had for that three-year stretch because they won a division three years in a row, even though one of them was like a 7-8-1 seven, eight, seven, eight, and one. That does not count. I don't care. That don't, I'm not counting it. <laughs> I'm sorry. They won eight, eight, three straight <laughs> division titles, and then, of course, they had that 15-1 that season, went to the Super Bowl and everything like that. But since that time frame, that's when they no longer had one of the top two quarterbacks and coaches in the division because Dan Quinn came, and, of course, we know Cam started to get banged up a little more here and there, but Dan Quinn, him and Matt Ryan, they had that outlier year. They went to the Super Bowl, and... We know what Drew Brees and Sean Payton have been doing. They've kind of slowly been putting together better defenses year in and year out the last few seasons. So that's why Carolina started to take that dip. So I think as long as you have one of the top two coaches and top two quarterbacks, you can win each year. The only X factors would be, does anyone get injured in a division so they can elevate you to top two, top three, whatever? From, from three to two, I mean. And, of course, there's the outlier of, do you have an elite defense? Just like that 2015 year, I mean, we went from seven wins to 15. It was just a defense. Cam had an outlier year in the defense. So that's what kind of put them in that position. But since that Super Bowl, kind of like the Falcons, they were slowly 
declining and not being a consistent winning team, you know, good year, bad year, good year, bad year. It was almost a recipe for Rivera to get fired at some point anyway. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of what you're saying. And so you, everybody know my philosophy is the whatever my whatever side you on that I need that to be your best side or at least you know that's your you know that's your calling card you you should be good at that and I'm look I'm looking at the years and I and I kind of laid it out so his first year obviously you have to do a lot of turnarounds so you can't really count it but six and ten the defense is ranked twenty seventh so like I said I'm gonna let that pass because he just got there and, and it, it's taking more than one year to fix it um, year two seven and nine. Middle of the uh, they were middle of the pack seven nine record, but you know they were the top ten defense, number ten to be exact. Uh, the year they went twelve and four, the first division title, the third best defense. The second year they won the division title seven eight and one, there was six. Uh, fifteen and one, they was number four ranked defense. Then here you go six and ten, they was twenty one. Eleven and five, they was ninth. And then seven and nine last year, they was twentieth. And then this year so far. They've been 22nd, and for anybody who plays fantasy, we know that if you have a running back and they play Carolina, start them. So and you know, so that's kind of bad to say because Carolina has always been a good run defense. You usually can just torch them through the air because it's secondary. Now that you can you open Pandora's box and you can run on them, that also you know make you pass on them as well. So it's kind of like the defense and defense was going in the wrong direction. You got Luke Keekley and Kwan Short, who's been the stars for that defense for a long time, are getting up there in age. You got Jeremy McCoy, who's up there in age, and you know it's some, like I said, sometimes it just it's just a overstated welcome. And I'm not saying that he was a bad coach because he's not, because he will. I I guarantee he'll get a coaching job. He'll be coaching next season. Um, but it's really no upside at all. I, I don't I don't see the upside of keeping him if you if you're the Carolina Panthers and. And maybe, maybe it might be a wrong move at the time. It, it might, it might be a wrong move. Whoever you bring in, it might be wrong. But the, like I said, the owner wants his. He he wants to. He don't want to be the same. Is it's kind of I guess the same. Like you're gonna be eight and eight, or you might have a 10, 10 and six year here, but then you'd be six and ten. So that's still that's still being an average team every uh, up and down row as as Carolina has been. So I can understand the the moving going, and uh, I mean like it's just a it's just a no upside overstayed welcome. And but he'll bounce, he'll bounce back. I think this was actually a good thing for him to regroup, uh, get get back underway, and and look at the jobs that's going to be open because it's going to be a lot of them. Yeah, one thing about Rivera that I like, and I think it's very important as a coach, like he's always willing to to learn and to grow and try to become better because you know it was a while back, but I remember like his first two years, you know they were six and ten, seven and nine. He was on the brink of getting fired around that time frame because people felt like he's a defensive coach and he always played too conservative. So, you know, that kind of leads to people thinking, like, man, it's, if we're not going to go for it in certain situations. Like, why are we keeping here? We can't play it safe all the time. We can't keep kicking field goals or, you know, stuff like that and just hoping the defense always saves us. And then around his third year, he did kind of start to change his philosophy and kind of open it up, be more aggressive, like, all right, it's a fourth down. We have Cam and we have these guys. We're going to go for some of these fourth and ones, fourth and twos. And that kind of led to some of them winning some more games, things like that. So that's how you kind of got that name, that Riverboat Ron, because he was taking so many chances. And, you know, he's a two-time coach of the year, 2013-2015. So that lets you know, like, he's willing to become a – be a risk taker and learn from mistakes and become better. And 
his play development was pretty good too because he uh he had some guys that were drafted there and became better over time so i think in the right situation he would definitely be a winning coach i wouldn't mind seeing him in like a win down situation such as dallas if they were to move on from jason garrett or a team like the giants where you have the rookie scale uh contract of daniel jones and saquon barkley and if he's healthy you have evan ingram starting shepherd go to tate and you get a top pick one of one of those one of those top picks you go get chase young a few other things man they could win a vision because who who knows if philly turns it around next year or the Redskins, what they're gonna do not nah, another Redskins. another Redskins. so, <laughs> so you know <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the Giants, and they have Dave Gettleman, who he's, you know, they're familiar with each other. So the Giants could be a good situation for him. I I actually like the Giants a lot. Um, when you when you go two offensive coordinators in a row, you know, you got Pat Shermer from from Minnesota, and I think what McAdoo was was on the Giants already. Um, they brought they, they uh, promoted him. Now it's time to go defense because the defense has yet to get get better. Um, Landon Collins left now. Janor Jenkins not who you, he used to be, and uh, you traded Olivia Vernon. After that, that's it. There's nobody else that I that you really can name on the defense. I mean, you know Peppers just because what hype he had, but he's not it. So the defense needs some help. And what better way than a guy who had proven it? And he he'd been in a situation before where you have a young quarterback on a rookie scale, and you can work on your defense. So you know he he's he's he's, he's done it before. He's been successful. And I think when the offense offense of a Giants, um, he had the right OC. You talk you talk about a team that can go from like you said worst to first quickly. Yeah, I think his best ability, and it's really not even an ability. It's just he'll he'll hold guys accountable, and like that's really big in coaching. Like if you're gonna be, we'll talk about them in a little bit. If you're gonna be like a Freddie Kitchen, where you're wearing stupid T-shirts and stuff like that, man, you can't be that kind of guy. You have to be a you don't have to be rigid, but you have to be firm where guys will respect you and have a little bit of fear like, oh, man, I could get benched or I could get cut. You got to have that Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, Belichick type of way about yourself where guys respect you, and even though you're a player's coach, they still know not to cross certain lines and they still respect your decisions on on the field or when you pull a guy for playing bad, stuff like that. They, they respect you and you hold guys accountable for missed tackles or bad plays. Yeah, the 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 future gonna be fine for Rivera. I'm not I'm not worried about them. I th- I think he's gonna have a better future than, you know, than the Panthers will because you know they they they, they, they we'll talk about them come off season. But you know the moves that they they're thinking about making, like I said, it may be messy, and that's what the the owner says. So if it's gonna get messy, then uh you know Carolina fans buckle up because it might be a bumpy ride. Yeah, just to put a cap on it, he had a very very good decade. You know. Pretty much nine years at Carolina. He finished up 76-63, one tie, made one Super Bowl, won one division three times, uh, three and four playoff records. So that's that's pretty good, you know, compared to some other guys who were fired in two or three years. You know, he was able to last on the job for a good little amount of time and had some success. So that's that's a pretty good decade for him, if you think about it. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So Rashad, um, let's move on to a team that 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 you're finally on the bandwagon, or no, you're finally jumping off the bandwagon. 
<laughs> Go ahead. Oh yeah, man. The Browns. I, I'm I'm off that that bandwagon. I'm jumping off the ship. I'm I'm jumping off the boat. No life jacket. I'm, <laughs> I'm off, man. I was I was hopeful that they would make the playoffs this year because they added so much talent. You know, you're expecting that sophomore leap from Baker, but man, that team has been like the, the Freddie Kitchens thing. Losing to the Steelers and stuff like that, those were just like the last straws because they, they would have had to beat Pittsburgh to even stay in contention. But the whole drama surrounding him wearing the Pittsburgh started it, and of course losing the game. Um, I'm just out on them, man. They're one of the most penalized teams in the NFL this year. I mean, they have 99 total penalties. That's that's ridiculous. Baker started off pretty bad. His turnovers. He's kind of he's kind of corrected it, but it hasn't fully been corrected. You have one of the he's in my opinion the most electric receiver, but you wouldn't tell it by what's been put on film this year. Uh, you got Odell. This guy's wasting a year of his prime. I mean, it's it's just a lot with Cleveland, man. I'm just off that that bandwagon, and I don't think it'll be any better for them next year because you're gonna get. The Ravens will probably still be the Ravens. You know, barring what happened this year, do people get enough film on them to catch up to what they're doing? Then you have Pittsburgh. They're going to get back Big Ben next year. You got to think about Connor, or maybe they spend a little money and try to get a Kareem Hunt or Melvin Gordon or something like that. You just never know. They're going to get back Juju healthy. and I mean, they're just going to get so much stuff back healthy. And, of course, guys are going to be more developed next year, like James Washington, stuff like that. So I don't even think even with a new coach, the Browns may just man still be the Browns. Like, I know they got a <laughs> lot of they had a lot of hype coming in. They drafted so many good guys. They signed guys. They brought land on guys in Odell. But the Browns may still just be the Browns. You know, I think we all kind of got wrapped up in that that name recognition of who they were getting versus we see what they put on film this year. They could be that. Same thing going forward. It could just be a bad team. Yeah. Now, uh, you said 99 penalties. Now, where does that rank among the league? Oh, it's near the top. It's it's near the top. Mm. I mean, because I, me- I remember like week one when the Titans blew them out, it's, it was kind of like, you know, they had a lot of penalties to clean it up. And obviously they hasn't. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like a – it's kind of like – all right, so we still haven't learned anything f- since week one. So it's kind, of, you know, that's that's kind of bad, and that's that's a big reason why I did not trust Freddie Kitchens. And, and you, you don't know, I said this since the AFC North preview show that okay, the Browns got all these guys, but okay, coaching is coaching is very important in, in the NFL. Like NBA, you can get away with a, a mediocre coach if you have the talent. Like like imagine a star of OB, OBJ's caliber in the NBA, he can over he can overcome a Freddie Kitchens. Cause he can do it all himself, but NFL is too much scheming, too much systems that being played, and too it's too much. It's too many people on the field to, to you know to be relied on one person, and can they take over? And if you don't have that that, that type of guy, which NFL you really you really can't. I mean, I mean, it, you look at all the good quarterbacks right now; they all have a pretty good coach. I mean, pretty much everybody. So it's 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 hard to it's hard to overcome a coach and I knew Freddie Kitch is not the guy. So as long as as long as they can change get him out of there quickly, you you, you have to make sure Baker Mayfield is right. So you have to find some guys that can come in and start with this bull crap because and that's what I'm mad about because I think Hugh Jackson was the guy, honestly. I don't think him and Baker, the personality did not mesh. So that so that was a disaster. 
But I think Hugh Jackson had them like they 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 was in line because Hugh Jackson didn't play that stuff. You know what I mean? Like you could tell on hard knocks, like he 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 really didn't play that. And with Greg Williams and Todd Haley, like those those three guys, they wasn't you know they weren't with the crap. You know and you know, kind of Freddie Kitchen and Steve Wilkes, kind of more laid back. You can't be a laid back team, laid back coaches for the type of team. So, I, I don't know what the guy that I I would hope we, we talked about Rivera. That's somebody that the Browns need to go, you know, throw the money at because he he's a culture changer. So you need somebody who 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 can change the whole culture around because, uh, like you said, it, the Browns going to Brown at the end of the day, and you know, it's it's sad to see Landry and OBJ and. Even Miles Garrett, when he comes back, you know, kind of waste their talent away, losing, and with the Ravens being what they are right now, and the Steelers, you gotta you gotta assume they're they're going nothing but up, with you know with the addition of Big Ben coming back, that Brown still gonna are you still gonna be third place? Probably more than likely because okay next year more than likely the Ravens get a first place schedule, but they don't really mean anything. Like they can still be. A pretty good team, Pittsburgh. They could still be a pretty solid team. Well, they they're all gonna be a solid team. Like, they're winning. They're on the, the verge of winning nine, ten games with what they have now. So right. of course Pittsburgh gonna be Pittsburgh. But the Browns going for they they need a new head coach. Freddie Kitchens is the guy. The GM and the owner have to admit to themselves we hired the wrong guy. We we shouldn't have did this. Let's go out and correct it while we can. You gotta bring somebody. Like a Rivera type of guy, Rivera wouldn't take this job. But no, he better not take. He better not take. He better not take. Yeah, a Rivera type of guy, uh, Anthony Lynn, a Mike Tomlin type of guy, who's got a whole guy that's accountable. I mean, ninety-nine penalties. That's fourth in the league behind the Jack Walsh Raiders and Buccaneers. That's unacceptable. And just there are so many egos and personalities there. You got the ego of Baker. What? Every every guy on that team has an ego. Not even not even just the offensive players, because at some point all these guys were the best player on the high school team, the most recruited player somewhere, the best college player, or the highest paid player, whatever the case may be. So everybody has an ego thing, and they're the best, or they want to be fed the ball or make the most tackles, all that kind of stuff. So you just need a guy who's going to come in and be able to manage that locker room, get got be able to manage expectations, and be able to get guys to play up to their potential and sometimes past it while also being disciplined. Yeah. <clears throat> um, John, I believe in John Dorsey, though, like, you know, the GM for the Browns. So if he can get the right guy, I'm all in um, as far as as far as they can they can do something. Because you said about the next year's schedule, well, the Ravens are going to have a first-place schedule, but they already, they're already playing that as far as the Patriots are going to probably win the division. And... And the, and the Chiefs and they are they play both of them teams this year so it's kind of it probably won't even add anything too you know you know you, you get what I'm saying like it's gonna be the same thing I mean you're gonna add uh and and the tech the Texans win so that three teams they already played already so it's kind of it's kind of well we just they're just gonna reload again and play next year Steelers gonna have a I won't say an easier schedule but you gotta think okay Titans might not know what to do with the quarterback so they may or may not extend you have uh what the Raiders is second second place right now and. And I think uh, who's other division? Um, AFC AFC West. Who's out there? Oh, Raiders. AFC North is yeah, Raiders. 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 The Titans. Who other division? AFC. Who so the AFC uh, East. 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 Yeah. So, oh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, Buffalo. So um, you you got you got you got. I mean, so it's, it's kind of easy for them. So Browns are going to have the benefit of the schedule once again. If if, if they if they uh 
finish third place, and that's going to be not good. Falling for it. You don't think so? You don't think you don't think it's going? To... <laughs> I mean, I'm you. Not falling for it. I mean, I, I, fell, I fell for it this year. Like I said, Ravens will pull back to eight and eighteen. They already have eight. They already have more than eight wins. I thought the Browns would pick it up. You know, they could. They, they would have to go about five hundred to start off. They didn't start off anywhere close to that. They didn't win games like versus Tennessee with Mario as the quarterback. Baker's turned the ball over every week, cost them games, and they're getting penalties, cost, cost themselves the game. So I fell for it. And even though they're on the back end now, they're kind of winning some games, but they still, you know, they, they lost to uh, the Broncos. So, you know, it's just certain games. You just, they would have had to win out on the back end. They couldn't even beat Pittsburgh with Hodges. So <laughs> this, I'm, I'm not falling for it again with Cleveland. You know what I'm about to say, and and people are gonna say at the end of, at the end of the year, oh well, they finished eight and eight. You know, if they win the games they're supposed to win, okay. Well, you gotta think about it. They're playing the Bengals twice, and they're playing the Cardinals, and then you're playing the Ravens. You beat the Ravens last time, but guess what? <laughs> you're not gonna beat them again. So that's so you're gonna finish eight and eight. But oh, that's a good season. But if you really think about it, you you really wasted you really wasted a, a good opportunity to to do something and. The schedule's in your favor, so it's probably is is why you're going eight and eight because at the, at the end of the day, we're not going to say this team was a five hundred team. Like as far as like us watching them, they were pretty much more of a five hundred team, the same Browns that we all know. So, um, I'm 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 gonna stay hopeful on a couple players because I I do think Baker's a good quarterback, but he he's a quarterback that's he's not gonna be a superstar. He's he he needs the he got the pieces around him. He got that. He don't have the O line and he don't have the coach. So once he get the the coach this uh. It's off season and get the old line, then maybe, <laughs> just maybe. Yeah, the Browns they got a lot of questions to answer. They, it's just the old line's bad. You need somebody who can help Baker develop because I thought he was going to take a, a a leap, but just looking at his size, his ability to read defenses, understand what he's seeing, he's not going to be a transcendent QB, you know, he'll just be a middle-of-the-pack guy, you know, like we're saying about Cam's, be around 15, 16, something like that. And it's, it's, you got to hope that he can get to that because the other quarterbacks are going to continue to get better, like Kyler Murray and these guys. So you got a Daniel Jones going to continue to get better. And, and I would argue those guys are already better than Baker right now. So right. you need you somebody who can come in and help transcend that locker room and, of course, somebody on the offensive mindset that can help Baker out. You don't know how to read these defenses. Right. Um, let's switch gears and go to the college. Championship weekend. Uh, we got the the SEC championship is pretty big. The the Big 12 and the Pac-12. So let's start with the SEC championship. Georgia versus LSU. Uh, LSU, I think, is a 6.5 favorite over Georgia. Uh, it, it's really two questions that we have to answer, and I, I think it's pretty much simple. It's can UGA score enough? That's one question, and then the second, the second is, can LSU score on UGA defense? Um, I feel like we're 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 in like a little battleship, you know, a battle right now with holding the rope because Georgia hasn't sco- uh, let nobody score over twenty points all season, but we've seen LSU put up high numbers against Alabama, against Auburn, Texas A and M. They they put up numbers against other SEC schools that's pretty formidable, so. So can can the can the second ranked defense in the country, Georgia, stop the second best offense in the country in LSU? Can Joe Burrow show that he's an NFL first round, a number one overall draft pick to Cincinnati Bengals most likely? Can he show can he show he the world that he's the guy 
uh, against the Georgia defense because, like I said, nobody's able to put up 20 points on Georgia, over 20 points. And even the team that beat them, South Carolina, only got the 20. So uh, those are two questions I want uh, uh, that we need to answer right now. Yeah, LSU, I bet they're going to win. They're definitely going to score more than 20 points. You know, LSU, they, they may have 17, 20 around halftime because they're, they're just that explosive. And Georgia does have a solid defense. But some of the teams they were playing, when you look at the situation, they really haven't run into anybody that's on the level of competency as LSU. Like, Florida had a decent year, won 10-2. Felipe French got her early. They have Kyle Trask, who played great, but Kyle Trask is not Joe Burrow. He, you know, he's not him. And Bo Nix from Auburn, he's a freshman um, QB. Who can't still kinda, Yeah, he's still kind of <laughs> learning on the job pretty much. And even with that game, they were still in position to go down and try to tie it up. So they, they could have hit 20. Just, you know, like you said, South Carolina, they kind of stole at the end. They got to, to 20, but Tennessee, that's not a really good team. And uh, Notre Dame, they could have won the game as well and got into the 20-point range, but they just couldn't get enough catches on the back end. I mean, we won't even count some of the other games, you know, like Arkansas State and stuff like that. That's just ridiculous. And Kentucky, <laughs> right. there, Kentucky's a basketball school. They're not a football school. So beating them 21 nothing doesn't mean much. And Missouri's terrible also. So, I mean, you got two shutouts, but it wasn't against elite competition. I mean, so, when you say it that way, that does make sense, you know. So it's kind of a little skewed a little bit, but um, I mean, they 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 have been impressive um, from from a defensive standpoint, and like I said, they haven't seen an NFL type of quarterback this season. So that's where that's where if can, all right. So so if you saying they can score enough, LSU can score on the defense. Can Georgia score enough to compete with LSU? I don't think so. They're Georgia's just not as explosive as they were the last couple of years because they've lost playmakers to the NFL. Um, Swift is good, but Jake Fromm, he's just kind of, he's, for lack of a better word, he's eh. Like, it'll be some games he's, he looks like he's going to be a pro-type quarterback in some games. He'll look like, all right, he's just going to get on by. Like, he'll just have like 130, 140 yards. And some games he'll go out there and put on a decent showing. So it just kind of depends what you get from week to week with him, but I don't think they'll be able to keep up. The only way they'll be able to keep up, of course, if you get enough opportunities and LSU's defense kind of bears you out. But, you know, if you get a turnover here and there and give LSU some good field position and, you know, Joe Burrow's going to get points as is, but if you create turnovers or bad special team plays and give LSU a better field position, you won't be able to keep up. So, I think it may start off pretty close. I can see it being close around halftime, but I think over the course of the game, LSU's just they're just better. They're on a mission. They'll eventually pull away from them by at least ten to fourteen points. Mm, okay. So basically we both had Georgia losing to LSU in the SC championship game. So that means Pac twelve, Big Twelve. So let's go to the Pac twelve championship, number five, Utah versus Oregon. Uh, Utah is on an eight-game winning streak. Uh, we talked about Oregon disappointing loss to Arizona State, who had lost four games in a row at, at the time. Um, Utah and Oregon are pretty much even as far as scoring in the country and def- defense in the country. So it should be a it should be a good game. We haven't seen it before. Uh, this is another quarterback who's supposed to be the first-round draft pick, and Justin Herbert, who came back to school. Will he be a good NFL quarterback? 
Can he show that he can be a good NFL quarterback against this this, this uh, great Utah defense? Um, and another guy I want to talk about is uh, Zach Moss. He's a he's the running back in Utah. Uh, he's been the workhorse for the team, and if he if he can if he can get down on the ground and keep the ball out of Justin Herbert's hand, then we can see we can see Utah number five come out as a champion. Uh, they're they're also a six point five favorite in this game. So who do you like? I want Utah to win, but I think Oregon will. And I just want Utah to win because they they've had a good year. Their granted their resume, their schedule hasn't been the best, and that's through no fault of their own. I mean, you, you don't control how good their conference is. You don't control how good they recruit or what coach they hire and how bad or good they are. So that's through no fault of their own. They did lose to USC, who had a somewhat okay year. But I want Utah to win just because I like Kyle Whittenham, who's their coach. He's been there for, I think, since like 2004 when Urban Meyer was on his way out to go to Florida. And he's been phenomenal since he's been there. You know, they're always going to win seven or eight games when they were in the the Mountain West and they came to the Pac-12. They kind of had a few years where they struggled a little bit, but when he finally got it, you know, of course he had to get used to the different recruiting because you're recruiting against bigger programs, but he's got it together and he always wins his bowl. I think he lost like two bowl games and it'll just be good, a breath of fresh air to see a different team in. But I think even if they were to beat Oregon, they probably still wouldn't get in over Oklahoma. Now, Baylor, it would be a debate. But I don't think that we get in over Oklahoma no matter what. But I'm predict Oregon wins the game just because I don't see Oregon losing. You know, they they, they want to win it. The Pats will would just kind of be a salvage to their season after losing to Arizona State. <laughs> right. Um. I I think I, I'm a, I think I'm gonna roll with Utah in this game. Um. Maybe not to cover, but I'm not really impressed with Justin Herbert in the last few games. I think he kind of messed himself up coming back to school, and this is his last chance to impress the scouts and. Even if he do it, even if he do, will it be enough to beat Utah? Um, who can score just like them? Who can play defense just like them? So um, I think it's gonna come down to the wire, and I, and I just think Utah can can play can play keep away, and that's I think that's gonna be the the, the way to win. Um, so in the pack in the Big Twelve, Baylor number seven, Oklahoma number six, Oklahoma nine point favorite. Now Baylor was up thirty one ten. At halftime. And Oklahoma came back twenty four zero yeah to beat Baylor. So I I, I guess I guess I want to ask is can either team repeat their performance? Can can Baylor can Baylor do it because I think if Baylor get up again, they probably won't lose a second time. Or or if Oklahoma gets or Oklahoma can they can they shut out a Baylor team in, in one half and put up twenty four points? Can they do can they do that again? And that that game was crazy. I remember te- I remember texting you because uh you know I'm in this little work pool about you know about college picks, and I was sitting there like man if I pick Baylor to cover, I'm like oh they're thirty one they're thirty one ten oh I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to bed because they got this in the bag. Woke up, <laughs> I see a text from you, Baylor trash. <laughs> and I was like oh man what 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 happened? Go and they 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 didn't score a single point in the second half. So, um, if it's a close game. Or, or 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 whatever it is, if Oklahoma pulls it out at the end, you still you still believe Utah gets in if Utah wins, and is it just because 
is, is it because of what? Because, I mean, who Oklahoma lost to? They didn't lose to what, Kansas State? Yeah, they lost to Kansas K- State. Kansas State, uh, who? 48-41, and they were driving to score again to, to get the win, but it didn't work out. And I believe Kansas State was up at one point, up 20. You know, um, I don't remember the USC, uh, USC-Utah USC loss, but uh, I, I know they were losing 20 points to Kansas State at one point and had to come back and storm back. And they they got Kansas State ranked. Now, whether Kansas State was a good team or not, or they just had one lucky day, I'm going to go with they had the one lucky day. Um, but but being that, if you if you beat Baylor twice, is that good enough because of, of of Utah beating Oregon? Now I guess because Oregon lost to Arizona State, it diminishes the loss. But you know, is that really fair? I mean, because you lost to Kansas State. I mean, you get what I'm saying? Like it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of kind of bullcrap a little bit that that if Oklahoma wins, no matter what, they probably gonna jump Utah, and it's probably and that's probably a little biased as far as. Oklahoma has earned, I guess, the prestige to be put over Utah, and just like you said, it will be nice to see Utah in it. But I believe it. It really doesn't matter to me. They both go home, <laughs> either way. Well, I think it's going to depend. I'll kind of get into it in a second. But I think it kind of depends upon uh, matchup-wise. Like the case against Utah making it in to the playoff would be they only beat one ranked team the entire season. They beat. Um, Arizona when Arizona was ranked number thirteen, and at the time Utah was ranked number thirteen. So the thirteen for the seventeen matchup, that's not bad. And they basically blew them out. It was twenty one to three, and that's really the only ranked team they played until now. Coming up, they're gonna play Oregon, who's uh, ranked number thirteen. Ironically, so Oregon ranked number thirteen, Utah at number five. So that's gonna be the matchup. We'll see how it plays out. But my case for Oklahoma, if they beat Baylor, I think they'll leap Utah because of they will have some wins over ranked opponents. Um, they beat Texas, who at the time was ranked number 11. Now, granted, Texas has had a bad season. Some of that's due to injury, though. They lost a lot of guys to injury. So what was expected to be a good Texas team is now looking like a mediocre Texas team. But if we're going to give LSU credit for the win, when Texas was, I think, ranked number nine, we have to also give Oklahoma their credit for beating Texas when they were ranked number 11. And they also beat Baylor, who at the time was ranked number 13, and just this past week, maybe Oklahoma State, who was ranked number 21. So just on resume, which I think will play a factor, like once all games are played, I think they should just play off of your resume along with the eye test. I wouldn't use just one measure. Resume along with the eye test, I think it'll lean towards Oklahoma getting in because of that resume. And then they will also have a win over – Baylor, who's number seven now, so they'll kind of leak them over Utah, in my opinion. Right. And then that would lead to, you know, four seed and depend upon – I think if LSU beats Georgia, they'll get the one seed. So we'll see – in my opinion, we'll see LSU versus Oklahoma, one versus four. And then I think we'll see Ohio State at the two play Clemson at the three. Uh, I think think, – I mean, I, I don't know. I guess the debate for LSU versus Ohio State is, is 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 a pretty pretty good one, a pretty hard one. I guess the committee prefers Georgia to win. That way, they can sleep easy at night. Uh, easy decision. Uh, Georgia put put Georgia four or keep them at four or moving to three. It don't matter. LSU at four it doesn't really matter how they, they already got their four teams. It, it, the order really doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, the Utah versus versus a Big 12 is going to be a, a great debate because you heard, like, different guys and Joe Clad and Paul Paul Fennebaum and get into it. And 
how he said that he don't, he, nobody cares, nobody wants Utah in it, and, you know, all this other crazy stuff, and, you know, that's that's showing how, you know, how flawed the system is because people really think like that, and it, take you got to take the name away, and I think that's what the committee tries to do, but sometimes they don't do a good job at it, is to take the name away and say, okay, let's look at who they beat, let's look at the type of game, the context behind the game, because you, you, you can't just look at wins and losses. You you have to look how you lost, how you won. Did you miss? Did you have a key guy go out? You know, a, a, a different kind of measurements, and that's a problem we're going to get to because I really don't know what will be the determining factor because, yeah, you could say, you know, Oklahoma they beat Oklahoma State, but because my thing is if you're favored a pretty big, uh, pretty good amount over somebody, you know, you're, you're supposed to win that game, and it doesn't matter if they're ranked or on the rank. I think it probably wouldn't have mattered. Um, and, and like you said, you, you got to be fair because you have to you have to rank the guys from in the moment. Texas was Texas was a, a, a good team at the moment, so when they beat a good team, it counts. And I don't I don't I don't I don't like the whole notion about oh well y'all beat Texas, Texas they only six and six that don't you know that's not a you can, you can't really say that you can't really look at the hindsight of it and say well now they're not good no when when we played them because if we lost to them Texas would have went to like number what six or seven in the country. So we beat them, and, and then and then on top of that, if Oklahoma had lost to them, you know they would only fall down to what maybe like 15, 16 for losing to eleven team. Like they wouldn't fall down that far, and they would have they would have bought their way back in into this mix. And and now if you want to use that against them, oh you lost to Texas, who's who's not good, then that's kind of you know I think that's kind of bullcrap too. So it's never a perfect system for it. It's just the type of you know the type of uh what's we're looking for um. A little. It's just, it's just bias on yeah. some parts, you know. Like people have certain biases who the teams they do want to see, teams they don't want to see. Like I'm in favor of, okay, when the season starts and you play all the games weekly, yeah, that should be a fluid situation. Oh, this team lost, this team won. We'll move up, move down, and things like that. But see, that's the thing that people are doing now. When a certain team loses to someone. Oh, at the time they were ranked number nine, we were ranked number five. So now we're down to number ten. But then when you get to the very end, now it's like, well, well, they only beat this team. Like, they're, they're, like they're basically like trying to discredit LSU over Texas now. But you can't judge it, like you said, off the hindsight. You have to judge it off of when this came into the season. That was a highly anticipated matchup coming into the season. So I think they should during the year. Okay, it should be a fluid situation. But when you get to the end, after all the twelve regular season games have been played. You play the conference championship. When it comes time for that final seeding that affects the playoff, that affects the bowl games, you should look at it on a big picture resume, no big picture resumes type of type of view on it. So you can look at at the time this team was ranked this, and they beat them. Oh well, when they beat them, so and so was injured. This person was out. So you should take everything into account and then rank accordingly. Like there's no way. Nobody, I don't care what two are there or not. No one really thinks Florida's the third best SEC team. Like they should not be ranked over Alabama right now. I'll take Mac Jones and Alabama to cream Florida right now. It's like, but because you lost this past weekend and this team won over Florida State, now they get to leap you in the standings and you're at number twelve. Like stuff like that. I don't think it should be. I don't think the final season should be based off of the last time you lost, the last time you won. So now this team 
is rank higher than you. I think when it gets to the end, they should take into account everyone's body of work and then rank not just, oh, well, you lost last week, so now you're going to go from 4 to 12. No, that makes sense because, yeah, because I'm with you. I don't believe, I, yeah, I don't believe that Florida's a better team because Florida got two losses as well, right? And Florida lost to yeah, L- they, yeah, they, they, they lost to LSU. And, LSU and Georgia. And Alabama lost to Auburn and Auburn and LSU. And I mean, and I think I think the game the game. I mean, Alabama could have easily won the game. I I feel like Florida. I guess I guess Florida could have beat Georgia. I get I guess to an extent, but like I said, they ain't putting enough points on the board. So it, I guess it, that if anything, they should have been the, like if one ranked ten, the other one should be eleven or you know right next to each other. Because I feel like you know ten both both got two losses, both two. Teams that you know are pretty good. I mean, I think that was a pretty far drop by Alabama seven spots. That's that's kind of crazy to me. I had, usually you don't drop that far, especially when Auburn's a, a top ranked team. So, um, but yeah, but I, I I get your point on that one. Now, the the other two matchups, ACC championship and the Big Ten championship. What are your What are your trust factor on on them coming out and, and putting on a show? Like because Clemson Clemson has been he has been dominating a lot of teams uh, recently. And Ohio State has been too. They already beat Wisconsin pretty heavily last time. Do you think that Clemson and Ohio State can put on a performance to to, to show that I should be the number one team in this in this uh, in this playoffs? Well, I think Ohio State's in a no win situation. Number one, they already cleaned this team early in the year. So if you're any in any shape, form, or fashion, performance is less than what you did the first time it won't be in their favor. And, of course, if they lost the game, it won't be in their favor. So I think Ohio State's in a, no, a no-win situation. There's only downside to them. So that's why I think LSU is going to get the one seed because you're going to beat the number, the committee's number four-ranked team. And it's going to be hard for Ohio State to overly impress you when they already beat this team early in the year. And as far as Clemson goes, they just have to win. They win. It can be impressive, unimpressive. It doesn't matter. As long as Clemson wins, they're going to be in. I think they're pretty much locked into the three seed as long as LSU and Ohio State are undefeated. They may have a few challenges probably the first quarter defending Virginia's running quarterback, but I think with Dabo and those guys being familiar with Deshaun Watson, they'll kind of know how to contain uh, Virginia's quarterback, and it could be a it could be a beatdown, honestly, for Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I know you was big on Virginia Tech making it, and uh, Virginia Virginia beat them last week. So in the rival game, um, that game was terrible, man. Virginia Tech made so many mistakes. <laughs> it's like it's like Virginia Tech been in a battle every single game they be playing. <laughs> like that six, what is that six overtime game they had early in the season? Yeah, they they went to some overtime games. They 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 had a lot of close calls. I mean, they let the Miami Hurricanes come back on them, like. I just thought Virginia Tech would be the surprise team in the Coastal because, you know, a lot of people were picking Virginia or Duke or the school. I just thought Virginia Tech had the right parts coming back. They could have won the Coastal, which they almost did. They almost beat Notre Dame early in the year. But, you know, just certain things didn't go in there. Their favor losing to Boston College early, that hurt. And, of course, you lost your rivalry game. And they had beaten Virginia Tech like 14, 15 years in a row. And now you're going to lose to them. <laughs> Yeah, all streets come to an end. Yeah, I wish I wish ACC would just get better so Dabo can um stop crying so much. No, nah, it's not gonna happen. The ACC is so far behind. Like even when Jimbo was there, when Jimbo was there, 
it was Florida State versus everybody because Clemson was getting was right there at number two. They were getting better, but they weren't they weren't the Clemson we have now. And Virginia Tech, they still had Frank Beamer for a while, so they were kind of hovering around at second, third, no third to fourth best ACC team then too. But Frank Beamer leaves, Jimbo, you know, after they won the title, and then the following year they were undefeated, but they were a very very flawed team, and they got straight beat down by Oregon and Mariota. And after that, Florida State was pretty much done. And it's been Clemson ever since. Hmm. Uh, let's move in. We, we got 12 minutes left. Um, Thursday night football preview. Cowboys at Bears. Um, both 6-6. Six and six. What's your thoughts on it? Uh, prediction, I'm taking the Bears. And I think it'll be because... The question has always been, can Trubisky be consistent with throwing the ball? Can he make enough plays to win the games? He won't outdo that, but I think his defense can help limit what the Cowboys do. And all Mitch has to do is not lose the game. And I think he'll probably get, you know, two touchdowns. He may get one rushing. He'll he'll play an economical, efficient type of game. And I think the Bears win it. Um, I... I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna pick the Cowboys and here here's why I I think I think when you have to get yourself together, it's either gonna it's either gonna fall apart or or you're gonna get better all of a sudden. Like I think I, I don't think they're gonna stay middle. They're just gonna get better or they're gonna get worse. And I think losing to the Bills, seeing why you lost to the Bills, uh, you, you know how they were screaming in the locker room after the game, blah blah. I think I I I want to say that this team is gonna be galvanized and and, and come together. When it because they have to, it's, it's not even because they can't, it's because they have to. They, they have no choice because, yes, the the Eagles, the all you have to do is really win one game, and also beat the Eagles and you're in. But it's like, you got lucky the Eagles lost to the Dolphins last week, so this is your time again. You got a week, this is your time again to take advantage and completely eliminate the Eagles. You win this game, you pre, you you're pretty much gonna be in it because you play. I think they played the uh, Redskins and Giants again. So you win this game, that's it. Like you play the Rams, you play the Rams too. But if you win, like you you can't go zero two against the Rams and, Cal- and Bears, and think you're supposed to be good in the playoffs. So that's my th- view on it. I, I think they I think they they just have to because they they back against the wall. They have to because Jason Garrett's job is on the line. And yes, he probably can't save it regardless. But you got to go down swinging if Jason Garrett, and you got to go by how you believe this team can win. And if they don't give the ball to Zeke, man. Because this Bears defense has been skeptical to the to the run this year, so if they don't give the ball to Zeke, I'm gonna be upset. I and what you said about Mitch versus Dak, I think that's 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 a great point. Can Mitch? Because Mitch had two good games the last two games, but it was based off matchups. The Lions are one of the worst pass defense, and so is the Giants. The Cowboys are not that bad; they're they're probably middle of the pack. So can he sustain that? Can they can they get a good running game on this Cowboys as well? So I I don't know. I I think the Cowboys need this win because. You got your backs against the wall. You got lucky last week losing to the Bills, and and because you know losing to the Bills, you expect the Eagles to tie you up this that Sunday, and they didn't. So you have to win this game. Uh, but it is a must win for both teams, though. The Bears got to yeah, win too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bears are just basically fighting to stay wild card relevant. If they lose this game, they're done. The Bears too. are done. Yep. And Cowboys, their only hope. If the Cowboys weren't in the NFC East this year, they would already be done because 500 ball wouldn't cut it this year as far as being competitive for the playoffs. But since they are in the NFC East, they do have already beaten 
Philadelphia one time. They had that tiebreaker. They're gonna be able to host. They're, they're still in position to be able to host a playoff game, and we just see how it plays out with that rematch. And of course, they have other divisional games set up. I mean, we got Big Eli returning against Philadelphia. <laughs> oh yeah, Eli, I see you now. <laughs> Big Eli gonna be back. So let's see how uh, how that plays out. If if Philly loses that game, they're they're done. No matter what. Hey, yeah, they lose that game. They're so- done. It, real quick, Eli, Eli, one hundred and sixteen hundred and sixteen. Will he finish his career above five hundred? I doubt it, because <laughs> I'm picking Philly to win this game, so that that puts him under five hundred, right yeah. there. So, so he, yeah. you know, I don't think I don't think he will. I mean, I understand they may have been trying to preserve his record, but. If you think about it, man, is it he may wind up just staying five hundred because he might lose to the Eagles both times, but beat the Dolphins and Redskins. So he may, <laughs> he may be one eighteen and one eighteen. Hey, it's, it's, it's very possible. Um, so let's move in real quick. Our bold profit prediction, like it can be like what we're gonna do is we're gonna say something crazy. I I know I know I am. I don't know about you. I'm gonna say something crazy. It can happen. And I've been I've been kind of believing it, so I'm, I'm I'm gonna say it. And what we're gonna do is, if it does pan out, I'm gonna cut this part off and just play that bit and be like, "See, I told y'all. If it doesn't work, we gonna keep on rolling. Don't come to me saying I said this because it don't count. <laughs> it's either, it's either, so that's what we're gonna do. So I'm I'm gonna go first real quick. So my bold prediction, Rashad, you ready, bro? You should buckle in a little bit. Go ahead. <laughs> Not only will my surprise team, the Buffalo Bills, beat the Ravens this Sunday, they will win out, head into Foxborough, beat them, beat the Steelers, and beat the Jets, and have the one seed in the AFC playoffs. I don't know about I'm that. Going, I'm going with it. I don't, I don't know about that. 13-3 Buffalo Bills. How you like that sound? 13-3 Buffalo Bills. I like that. Uh, I, I can't see thir- <laughs> I, I can't see 13-3, but if I did have to pick someone that could beat, you know, New England or could beat Baltimore, could beat the Chiefs and, like, could advance to the Super Bowl possibly, it would be a team built like the Bills or the Titans. It would be a team like that because Kansas City's defense still stinks. They can't run the ball, and the more you go into colder places – you can't air it out like Mahomes likes to do. And at some point, teams will – someone's going to figure out how to just at least slow down the Ravens. And if they don't get the ball last, can they win the game? Can can they win that game? Can their defense hold up against, you know, maybe Josh Allen makes a few plays or something like that. Or maybe Derrick Henry breaks off a run. So I can see Bills or Titans being one of those teams that does um, – you know, that could possibly make a run in the AFC. But before I get into mine, man, I want to tell everyone to check out Seat Giant. Use the code 12OUTSPORTS. That's 1-2-O-Z-SPORTS. And you can get a discount on any form of tickets. That's to sporting events, concerts, uh, any place that has an event you can attend, TV shows that have, you know, guests. So, um, the code is 12 ounce sports. That's 12, number one, number two, OZ ounce and sports. And that is Seat Giant for all your ticket needs. 
my prediction, man, we were just talking about it, and it's going to be crazy, but I'm going to roll with it. <laughs> the Eagles could still win the Super Bowl. Woo! <laughs> even, even, though, even though Nick Foles is not there, they only got to get hot just a little bit. And we've seen when they can get hot, they, get, they got some guys healthy, they could make a run. Because you win a division, you'll host your first playoff game, and you'll only really have to go on the road to teams that could already possibly a little bit banged up. Like, if, if Philly played like Green Bay, I would – I think Green Bay's going to win a Super Bowl. That's my prediction earlier. But I could see Philly winning that game because Green Bay's defense is going to be a little iffy. And, you know, who knows how Aaron Rodgers plays that game because he had some up, he had some ups and downs this year. So, that could be a game that Philly could still – if it came out to a matchup between those two or – if it came down to a Saints Philly matchup, maybe that pass interference call like with, with the Rams, you know, something crazy happens, you know. But <laughs> I mean, I, Philly's one of those teams that can get hot. They just need just a little bit of spark, and that city gets behind that team and they can rally. So that'll be something bold. I would say that Philly could still win the Super Bowl. And you know what? I think we should put that to because you know I don't know which one is more likely to happen. Mine's are yours, cause I mean they both crazy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're both crazy, but and they both can happen, and that's the crazy thing about it. Um, like, like you said, the Bills are capable of, of beating any team because they their defense is gonna travel. You got Josh Allen who's who's not turning the ball over. Uh, the run game's coming alive, and Cole Beasley and John Brown has been both effective, and Singletary is coming alive now. So now, remember, remember the whole time I, I kept saying like. If Bills get some playmakers, they would be a problem. And now that Cole Beasley and John Brown are comfortable, and Singletary has came the lead guy, it's you know I'm I'm all in for for Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know playing beating the play, playing against the Ravens, playing against the Patriots. They're gonna have two basically playoff games, even the Steelers three playoff games before the playoffs. So we can we can we'll we'll have a real good assessment on how, how good the Buffalo Bills can be. And one thing about your Bills pick, they're gonna play the Ravens this this coming up weekend. So we'll see how it plays out. But hypothetically, let's say they were to meet in the playoffs. We know what Lamar's history is when teams face him twice, they always lose. So hypothetically, even though it would probably you know, it not even probably, it would be in Baltimore, the Bills could still win that game. Yeah. And you know, the Buffalo Bills had a little a little um I guess meeting of Lamar when they got blown out last year uh, against the Ravens, but Joe Flacco was a starting quarterback. Lamar did come in. I think he had like seven rushes and four pass attempts. So they have seen him on the field, but we're not going to count that. So if if Baltimore does win this game, every team that has played Lamar Jackson the second time around has lost. So I'm right there with you. So um, we'll see. We'll see which bowl prediction will come true. Um, we are the prophets. Rashad, anything to say before we get out? Man, let's see what your boy Mitchell Trubisky can do, man. I'm, re- I'm ready to tune in. See what he gonna do. <laughs> uh, let's go. Come on, Cowboys. I need I need y'all to win now. <laughs> <laughs> put, a little, put a little wager on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, appreciate it. Appreciate it, Rashad, man. We out.